Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, July 1st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Music can help diagnose brain disorders, especially when you use a simple tune. Okay, row, row, your boat has very low age of acquisition, high familiarity, high nameability. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on a Missouri University of Science and Technology professor who wants to standardize the list of simple tunes used in brain research. Missouri has surpassed 1,000 COVID-19 deaths. It reached the milestone yesterday. State health officials announced 17 more deaths and another 500 confirmed cases. There are now more than 21,500 cases since the pandemic started. The state says that number has increased more than 10 percent in the last week. In Illinois, officials are reporting nearly 7,000 deaths and roughly 143,000 confirmed cases. The pandemic is still affecting Missouri's bottom line. Governor Mike Parson is withholding nearly $450 million from the state budget passed last month. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports the governor signed a more than $35 billion spending package yesterday. K-12 education is experiencing the biggest restriction in funding, totaling $123.3 million. Next is higher education, $27.9 million, and then community colleges, with $18.4 million being withheld. Parson says these were difficult decisions, but they were necessary. He says the state is expected to be $1 billion below revenue projections his office made in January. Since I become governor, we've spent more on public education than we ever have in the state's history before this COVID-19 hit. And I just believe in the future, if we work hard, we get the economy back going, we'll get those education dollars back in there so we can move this state forward. Parson is hopeful he can restore some of the funding. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Several new laws go into effect today in Illinois, including an increase in the minimum wage. Bill Wheelhouse reports. Workers will see a boost in their pay to $10 an hour, up 75 cents from January. Those making minimum wage will continue to see annual hikes of a buck an hour on the first of the year until it hits $15. Governor J.B. Pritzker commenting last year when the legislature passed the hike. If you live in this state and put in a hard day's work, you should be able to afford to put a roof over your head and food on the table. Workers who receive tips as part of their pay will receive hourly pay of $6 downstate and up to $8.40 in Chicago. Business groups unsuccessfully sought to get the governor to hold off on the hikes because of COVID-19-related layoffs. I'm Bill Wheelhouse. Another new law requires Illinois public schools to teach LGBTQ history starting this coming academic year. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen may finally debate how to close the North St. Louis jail known as the Workhouse. Board President Lewis Reed is set to introduce legislation this week, outlining a plan to eventually transfer the remaining inmates to the Criminal Justice Center downtown and redirect the millions spent on the Workhouse each year. 22nd Ward Democrat Jeffrey Boyd says he's been waiting for a clear process to shutter the jail, which currently houses fewer than 100 inmates. I'm supportive of that agenda, but how do we get there in a responsible way where public safety is still the number one goal? 
Close the workhouse campaign leaders are claiming victory for pushing Reed to write the proposal, but they plan to maintain the pressure to ensure the workhouse closes. The state Supreme Court has ruled the Missouri Department of Social Services must pay Planned Parenthood for providing care for Medicaid patients. Lawmakers cut funding in the 2018 budget by inserting language barring state funds from being distributed to any abortion provider. In a 6-1 decision, the Supreme Court affirmed a ruling from a lower court that found that provision unlawful. Therapists and researchers have long used music to diagnose and treat disorders ranging from dementia to Alzheimer's. But there has not been a standard on what music to use. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports a researcher at Missouri University of Science and Technology is trying to change that. Amy Belfi wants to make it easier to use music to study the brain. So the psychology professor at Missouri S&T has developed a list of 107 basic melodies. They range from Happy Birthday to Sweet Caroline and have been rated through extensive testing to score how well they are known and what kind of emotional response they have. She says that will help researchers in future studies. You know, they don't want some songs to be super high familiar and some to be super low. They don't want some to be really emotional and others to be not. So the ratings are really nice because they allow people to choose specific songs for specific purposes. Belfi also elected to recreate the simple melodies using a computer program to avoid the familiarity relating to a specific recording. Okay, row, row, your boat has very low age of acquisition, high familiarity, high nameability. Belfi's list includes large batches of melodies with similar characteristics to take out variables and increase knowledge of the brain. And you have a person with dementia listen to these songs and they say, oh, I don't know any of them. Then it's highly likely that it's due to something about their disorder, because on average, these tend to be like really familiar and really well named. The list and its subsequent research could pay dividends in a variety of fields. Melita Belgrave is a music therapist and professor at Arizona State University. She says music therapists use a more complicated and individualized approach to using music to treat patients. But she says this kind of research is valid and can help her field. They're going to have assessment measures that we don't have, right, Um, that we don't have access to. And we do assessments with music that they won't have access to. So it's everybody having a seat at the table and getting to learn from each other. And that kind of reaction is what Belfi is hoping for. Her research has been published in the journal Behavior Research Methods, and the list of music and audio samples are available to any researcher who wants to use them. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Murals honoring those killed by police and calling for racial equity have appeared on damaged St. Louis buildings for weeks. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports painters are combining art and activism to draw attention to a movement. The work of 22-year-old Tiana Bohorquez can be seen on the boarded-up doors and windows of the medicine shop pharmacy on Delmar Boulevard. 
It took her several days to paint colorful and bold images that read STL Strong and Black Lives Matter. I wanted to do the colors, you know, like of the African flag and, you know, kind of a cultural pride in this panel. I wanted to amplify that phrase because I don't think that saying Black Lives Matter should be a radical term. Borges, who is known as Bojo, isn't the only one using art to support the movement for Black Lives on the streets. She's participating in Painted Black STL, which pays Black artists to paint images on the buildings damaged during a wave of civil unrest and promotes their work. People across the country are taking to the streets to demand police stop killing black people. And sometimes buildings are damaged. Javen Solomon and his friend and co-worker Tyson Baker saw that as an opportunity. Solomon says it's important for him and other black artists to lend their voices to the movement. That's kind of the point, right, is Black Lives Matter. So how do we how we can put our, in a, in a sense, money where our mouth is, is, you know, bring a lot of bring these artists into the fold. Solomon and Baker created a GoFundMe to raise money to pay for supplies. They're already nearing their $15,000 goal. Some business owners didn't want their buildings involved, but others did. Solomon says some of the seven buildings painted so far are being repaired and the art is starting to come down. But he hopes to give people a chance to see the paintings, perhaps in a large exhibit. Borges says she loves doing the work and leaving a lasting impression of this moment of activism. These murals will be around for years. You know, these photos will be around for years and everything. So, yeah, the artist is definitely like one of the most important people within the movement. She sees the paintings of Black artists as unforgettable images of the current struggle. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Fred Ehrlich was the editor on the report from Jonathan All. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before we wrap up, my parents live in Canada, and it's a big day north of the border. It's Canada Day, up Canada Way, on the first day of July. Using that tune today from late Canadian troubadour Stompin' Tom Connors to mark Canada Day. The country was essentially created on this day in 1867 when the British North America Act went into effect. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Standing tall together, we raise our hands and hail our flag, the maple leaf forever. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.